covering the Green Bay Packers training camp all summer long. This is CampCast, a Midwest Communications podcast. Welcome to the Green and Gold CampCast. The Green Bay Packers and Houston Texans practiced twice and played a preseason game against each other this week. And veteran NFL referee Brad Rogers and his entire officiating crew were in town to get in some preseason work as well. Rogers spent some time talking about points of emphasis in the 2019 season, rule changes, and the elephant in the room that uh, dominated conversation all last offseason, the no-call in the NFC Championship game between the New Orleans Saints and the Los Angeles Rams. But Rogers says it was an really beneficial to be able to get on the field and work with both of these teams all week. Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, it's it's a great opportunity for us to be able to get back on the field. We were together last week as a crew at another training camp, and just getting back out there, you know, you, you take tests and you watch video, and you can do so much of that, but then once, once you get on the field, that's where you really get everything rolling correctly, so it's really beneficial to us as a crew. One of the big points of emphasis this year will be on a holding penalty that hasn't been called in the past. Probably the biggest emphasis this year is the backside holding. The The subcommittee um, wanted backside holding on plays. For example, if you have a sweep to the right and there's a guard or a tackle on the backside that gets hands on the outside of the frame of the body and restricts that player, they want that uh, called. It's a little different, a little um, uh, change in the way that we've officiated plays before, uh, but that's something that the committee has asked that, that um, we make an emphasis on this year. It depends upon your zone, your area that you're looking in. So if a play will go to the left, for example, referees on the right side looking at the backside area. Um, if it goes to the right, the umpire will be looking on that backside. And so there's, there's uh, areas of responsibility for our officials on the field. Another play, NFL referee Brad Rogers says the league wants to do away with is the blind side block. Well, it, it, there's a little bit of a change with it. What they're, what they're wanting with it is in regard to players that are going back toward their own end line. Um, in other words, uh, one of the best ways maybe it, it is for uh, me to understand uh, is that fish that's essentially going the other direction in the, in the river. And, and so you'll see a player that's going um, in an opposite direction of, of where the play is going. You'll see it typically on, on turnovers. Uh, you see it typically on plays that maybe the quarterback rolls out and the lineman then comes back and he's going back toward his own end line. Um, they're looking for us to... Uh, really emphasize the forearm, the shoulder, and the head, the helmet, hits into players in that blindside area. So in other words, a player is, is going one direction, and here comes the other players. They come in and they hit them. They can't see it coming. Um, that's, a, that's a real strong emphasis in, in, the, in the rule of safety uh, in regard to where the, the league is headed. If they can't see it coming, they, they want them essentially to come up and just shield block you can use your hands, uh, but they want the forearm, the helmet, and the, the shoulder pad out of the equation on the hit. But the biggest off-season conversation revolved around pass interference. Clear case of P.I. was left uncalled in the NFC Championship game as the Saints were driving for a potential shot at the Super Bowl, even led to a lawsuit filed in New Orleans against the league and NFL officials. Rogers says, oh, we've had plenty of discussion about how to deal with this situation, and one adjustment is going to come as a result, and that is the challenge flag on pass interference penalties. 
that that's going to be obviously a, a change for everybody. But it's been a discussion for a while, and and I want to emphasize strongly that pass interference, the rule in itself, hasn't changed. It's it's simply the the fact of how it can be challenged now, and that's the difference in in our rule. Um, obviously, the the play last year is the discussion, and. What, what they have been doing for the last several years is having this conversation in the offseason about how they would like to implement something like that into the game. Um, that probably propelled the discussion a little more. Um, but in regard to how that can be worked, how that can be challenged, those types of things, coaches, they have the ability to challenge that like they would with any other play, like a sideline play or maybe a catch or, or something of that nature, all the way up till two minutes. When we get to two minute, the two-minute warning, it then becomes part of the game upstairs with our replay official. And uh, they will alert the uh, um, New York office if there's a play. They'll stop the game, and they'll alert the New York office, and, and then we'll start taking a look at the play. Are you guys okay with now having false or non-false subject to challenge, where before it was touchdowns, sidelines, catches, no catches? You know, I think one thing that we have to do as officials, just like coaches, players, fans, you have to embrace technology. And technology is, is fantastic. Um, and if, it's, if it gets it right, that's what we want. Um, all officials, all coaches, players, and fans, they want to get it right. And, and that's what the fans and the players and coaches deserve. Well, there's no question. Getting it right is the ultimate goal in the National Football League. For the Green and Gold Campcast, I'm Mark Daniels. Uh, Jordy Nelson, uh, one of the greatest players in our history, uh, will officially retire as a Green Bay Packer. Um, it's an honor to be back and um, to wrap it up like this. So, And I will be short because I'm done, so we'll go straight to questions. <laughs> there is no speech from me today. I think some of the favorites, I think you obviously start with the Super Bowl, to be able to be there and have that opportunity to score a touchdown there. Um, I mean, to have that football and everything. My son turned one. Uh, that week of the Super Bowl, and then I still remember being down on the field with him and my wife. Um, just watched one of the clips um, I think that the organization put together. The one toe touch in San Francisco, I think when Aaron scrambled left and he threw it and um, caught it um, falling out of bounds is one of them. I don't know. There's, there's some good ones. We enjoyed them. Uh, his accomplishments, uh, Jordy's accomplishments, are obviously very impressive. Just to highlight a few throughout his 10 seasons with the Packers, uh, number three in our franchise history, the number of receptions with 550, uh, number five in yards uh, receiving, uh, over 7,800, uh, number two in touchdown receptions, 69, number three in 100-yard receiving games, and only the only player in Packers history to have more than 13 or more touchdowns in three seasons. It's fun to make those memories and play that way. So I think it just, for me, keeping it simple, I think, is what did it. Um, you know, there wasn't a bunch of extra stuff. Even my last year when the guys convinced me to try to celebrate, it was awkward. And people were wondering what was going on with me. So, But they wanted some more energy on the field, so I tried to help out, and it got out of control. So. Um, as great a player as Jordy was, uh, in my mind, um, what really stands out about Jordy is uh, the quality of the person. Uh, just, you know, just as fine a person as you'll ever meet. Um, there were some other teams. Um, I took a visit up to Seattle, talked to John Schneider, which was great to see him again. Um, what it came down to for us is we didn't want to move our family around the country, to be honest with you. Um, like my family hadn't even been in California for a year, and we'd have been moving then to Seattle, and 
I mean, didn't know if it was one year, two years, whatever it would have been. So, um, and, you know, I think at this point in time, I did what I wanted to do, uh, have the Super Bowl ring, um, so I didn't need to go chase one of those. We're going to start building the house this fall back home. Um, been working with my brother on the farm, uh, get these uh, kids situated into school and kind of get them going. Um, besides that, I haven't gotten too far. We'll definitely be in and out of Wisconsin. we got great relationships up here, um, obviously within the organization, but um, friends outside of it as well. But besides that, no big plans to be honest with you yet. So. Um, I think my wife and I talked for the next two years, there's going to be a lot of no's until we get situated and really find out what we want to do. We don't want to just get overwhelmed and just start saying yes and not really do what we don't want to do type thing. So so we came to do the bikes with the Texans this morning and watch a little bit of practice. And Sam got picked. Yeah, number 57 rode his bike this morning. He was pretty happy. How heavy was his helmet? Really heavy. I'm a big J.J. Watt fan, so are the kids because he's from our area, and he's a local hero. And we're also Packer fans, so. Chiefs fan. He's a Chiefs fan. They lived in Kansas for a little bit. We're a Badger family, so we came to get J.J. Watt. <laughs> so we were secretly hoping that J.J. Watt would pick his bike, um, but pretty excited to have the Texans in town. But we like both teams, so that's why we came. That was a big thrill for us. He's, we're big fans of J.J. Watt. He's from the state. Um, we love the Packers, too, so yeah. coming up here is just it's, it's great to be here. CampCast, a Midwest Communications podcast.